Hello, this is Justin Coleman, Senior Pastor at University UMC, and this is our podcast. I hope these messages engage your mind, touch your heart, and inspire you to serve God and your neighbor. Check us out online at universityumc.church. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning, church family. We are in the second week of our Soul Sisters sermon series, and today we'll be talking about Ruth. As we prepare to do so, please go with me to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, I pray that you would speak through me and perhaps even in spite of me. And so let the humble words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Now let's walk through the narrative as recounted in Ruth chapter 1 one more time. There's a man named Elimelech. And he and his wife, Naomi, had two sons. Now, because of a famine, they went from Bethlehem in Judah to Moab. Moab was a place where people had different religious beliefs. And so Elimelech, Naomi, the sons go there. But Elimelech, unfortunately, passed away. And Naomi was left only with her two sons. Now, these days were different than today or different than the present often is. Where a woman's protection, her security in life, really was anchored in her husband or her sons. They were the ones who would be able to hold on to whatever wealth from the family that was passed down from generation to generation. And so if a woman was widowed, she potentially became a very marginalized member of society unless her sons were able to take care of her. She had her two sons and they took wives for themselves from among the Moabite women. The first was Orpah, and the second was Ruth. And they lived together for about 10 years. 10 years, Naomi with her sons and her daughters-in-law, and life looked pretty good. But then, both of her sons died as well. Only the women were left, the scripture says. And they were left without any children. Naomi didn't have any grandchildren because neither Orpah or Ruth had any children. And so Naomi thought. She thought that her daughters-in-law ought to return to Moab. And so she, she told them this. She said, look, go back. Go back home. Go, go and back to your households. Go back to your father and mother. And hopefully the the Lord will deal well with you. Just as you have done 
with the dead and with me. And may the Lord provide for you so you may find security. Each woman in the household of her husband. Then she kissed them. And they all lifted their voices and wept. They're surrounded in a moment of profound grief, but also a moment of profound insecurity. And what Ruth says makes sense. Go back to your mom and dad. And if the Lord's good to you, you'll, you'll find other husbands and you'll have children and you can live together happily, happily ever after. Maybe, maybe the Lord will be good to you. In a way, what she's saying is, because the Lord hasn't been good to me. I've lost everyone that I love. Lost my husband. I lost my sons. The great grief of that kind of loss. Some of you, some of you know that kind of loss. And then beyond that, because of the conditions of the times, she had nothing. She had nothing to offer her daughters-in-law other than her blessing in hopes that they might, they might just have better days, better days to come. Orpah gets it. They cry and she says, all right, I'm heading out. Love you. We'll miss y'all. And she goes. But Ruth does something different. Ruth replies, don't urge me to abandon you, to turn back from following after you. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord do this to me and more so even after, if even death separates me from you. And when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her about it. She stopped speaking to her about leaving. This must not have made any sense to Naomi. Uh, Naomi only saw her loss, her grief, poverty. His namely looked into the distance. All she saw was the hurt and pain that was to come. She said, I'm too old to get married again. That's not going to happen for me. She was so worried that if these daughters-in-law came with her, they would share her fate. Again, Orpah heads on her way, but, but Ruth says, look, wherever you go, I'm going to go. Why? That's a question. Why did Ruth make this decision? What made Ruth want to stay? 
I think Ruth stayed because of 10 years of grounding relationships. She'd been married to her husband, married into this family for 10 years, and they'd shared memories together. They'd made a life together. She'd begun to worship this God that they worship with them. And in her time of mourning and loss, the last thing she wanted to do was leave. The last thing she wanted to do was go. No, in her grief, in her loss, and in the midst of her own loneliness, she connects with Naomi in the midst of her grief and loss and loneliness. And they say, look, we're going to do this together. In a way, what Ruth is communicating to Naomi as well is about how God is present in all of this. She does a bit of theology without needing to make it explicit. Naomi believes that God has abandoned God has forsaken her, that she is living in an accursed place, and that for Orpah and, and Ruth, something better might be out there. But what Ruth says to Naomi, in a way, is that being present with Naomi and with her family has been a sign to Ruth of God's goodness, a sign to Ruth of God's presence. And she wants to continue to abide in that as she continues to journey with Naomi and even in that, it's a sign that Naomi is not forsaken, and neither is Ruth. God is still with them, and we will continue to see as the book unfolds that God's presence with them does what God's presence always does, it creates possibility of new life. I want to come back to this theme of loneliness in the book of Ruth. Now, there is a difference between loneliness and solitude. In the book of Luke chapter 5, verse 16, uh, the verse is translated in various ways. Some translations say that Jesus went to a lonely place. Others say that Jesus went to a solitary place place or a, a deserted place. I think that solitary place is the more accurate translation of the verse. You see, a solitary place is some place you go voluntarily. You go to pull away to have some quiet and recenter yourself. But a lonely place is a place that feels like you've you've been forced there, pushed there in an 
involuntary way. Sometimes you can be around a lot of people and still feel lonely. Sometimes you can be around not many people, yet still feel connected. Uh, Loneliness is this feeling of isolation, being disconnected from people. And, And we can feel lonely because of various events in life. Sometimes there has been a move or a divorce or a death. Sometimes there's a sense of depression or one's self-esteem is impacting you such that you, you feel disconnected, you feel isolated from others. There are many things that can, can cause this feeling of loneliness. In the book of Ruth, it's loss. It's the loss of loved ones. It makes Ruth and Naomi feel isolated. Loneliness can cause many things in our bodies to go awry. It can cause uh, high blood pressure and, and hypertension. It can cause us to to act in ways that we wouldn't normally act. And so mental health and physical health can be greatly impacted by our sense of loneliness. So what can we do when we feel lonely? No matter what the circumstances, what can we do? There are three things. Three things I would challenge you to do if you are feeling lonely. And boy, this has been such a time when loneliness has crept up in a lot of our lives. Early on in the pandemic, when we were so very isolated from one another. Some of us had people around us in the home or in the apartment or in the dorm room. Others of us were solitary. The feeling of being isolated from our loved ones, isolated from our friends. The feeling of loss when we've lost friends or loved ones that we couldn't be close to in their final moments. Oh, the loneliness. We feel the weight that Naomi felt when we think about that kind of loneliness. So again, what can we do as a, as a people of faith? Well, one thing we can do is remember that we, we do have a friend in Jesus. That we can always call out and cry out to Jesus. And God hears us. Jesus hears us. God draws near to us as we call out. So we remember Jesus. We also remember Psalm 68 that says that God makes a home or God places the lonely 
in their homes. The connotation here is that God places the lonely not in just a place to live, but God places the lonely among people, among family. In fact, some translations say that God places the lonely in families. Isn't that a beautiful passage from Psalm 68? That God cares about us, and so God seeks to bring others around us. It might be biological family, but it might be a family of faith, a family of friends. I encourage you to move into this family of faith. Sometimes we wait. We wait for people to to pull us in. But I'd encourage you to reach out. Reach out to one of the clergy here, one of the program staff here. Say, I'm looking for a place to plug in. Whether you've been here only for a short amount of time or whether you've been here for months or years, if you're looking for a place to plug in so that you can make some deep connections, deep spiritual friendships, please reach out to us. Because I believe what God says to us there in Psalm 68 is true. God seeks to make or place us into homes. God seeks to make a home for those who are lonely. And finally, reach out to someone who is a trusted person. It could be a counselor, a therapist, a prayer partner, a friend at church, Uh, another friend that you've known for a while, reach out to those who are around you. Make use of the existing connection, the existing network that is around you. And tell somebody, hey, I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling disconnected. I'm I'm looking for, for friendship. Again, seek those trusted sources. Seek those healthy relationships. Because again, when we are feeling lonely, when we are feeling isolated, our bodies cry out, our minds cry out. Sometimes we say and we do things that we wouldn't normally say or do because of the way that isolation distorts us. But if we will do those three things, if we will lean on Christ, Remember that we have a friend in Jesus. We have a friend in God. If we'll allow God to place us within a, a family, within a, a spiritual community, if we'll reach out to those trusted people in our lives, in our existing network, I believe that God will work through each of those so that those who are lonely can find friends, can find relationship. There's a a blessing at the end of the marriage service that I love so very much. After the couple has been wed and we're all in this celebratory moment and, and we're about to go out, this dismissal and blessing, We look at the congregation gathered. We say, 
Pray that to those to whom love is a stranger, that those to whom love is a stranger would find in each of you generous friends. My prayer is that those to whom love is a stranger, but loneliness is unfortunately not, for those people, you would be a generous friend. In Christ's holy name, amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can visit us at universityumc.church where you can find services, events, and other ways you can get involved. Remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week. We hope the peace of Christ is with you. And we hope to see you soon.